0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So the title of the day long today is Mindfulness of Mind. And the form of practice that I'm offering today is a um, style that I learned from my teacher, Saito Utejaniya, uh, who I practiced with in Burma. And the um, uh, practice is a little different. It's different enough that what I'd like to do is just take the first half hour or so and describe a little bit about the practice. I recognize that many of you have been here and heard this before. And and um, today I'm going to make it a little bit more abbreviated, just more as reminders. But I think um, I'm trying to learn a way to do this in abbreviation such that... Uh, those of you who haven't heard this before, it will make sense to you. So, I'd like to start by just reminding us all of why we practice. Because as we move into the mechanics of practice, of how do we practice, and what what are we exploring, it sometimes comes up. And why am I doing this? You know, what what's the what's the purpose of this? Um, So just to remind us all that the purpose of our practice is basically to um, understand, to learn about our minds and how they might end up in habitual ways in um, kind of um, ways that we've been conditioned. They get caught in habitual tendencies that often lead us into struggle, into suffering, into stress. And so the meditation helps us to learn about our minds. And that learning, that understanding, the wisdom that we gain through watching our minds begins to uh, reorient our perspective. And it's, it's almost like with that learning, as we open to the learning about what our minds are doing and how they're doing it, and we begin to see how our minds are contributing to our own struggle, it's like our mind begins to reorient It's not that we have to change things so much. It's the learning, the understanding begins to grow and that understanding helps the mind to let go and redirect, to reorient. It's as if we are naturalists in this process. Uh, A naturalist in nature goes out and just observes. They just kind of wander through nature and observe what's happening. And the learning comes because you're just... Noticing oh, this is what 's happening today, oh, yesterday it was like this today it 's like this, and so over time the the mind just landing in an environment or a landscape kind of begins to absorb the lessons of that landscape it 's very similar with this style of meditation we are we 're interested in learning, understanding about our minds, how they do what they do, and that understanding is what uh, helps the mind to move in a direction that lets go of some of those habits and patterns. It takes some trust to... Uh, to at first, it probably begins to take some trust. I know when I first started meditation and mindfulness practice, and I was um, it was suggested that I notice what was going on in my mind, like no anger is happening while it's happening. It's like, well, what good would that do? Won't that just make me more angry? But very quickly, I started to recognize, actually, no, it doesn't make you more angry when you are observing that anger or that whatever it is, that pattern, that habit, that difficulty. If you're observing it with curiosity and with a kind of a perspective that's, what is this? A, A perspective that's interested in learning and understanding about it and not so much about judging it or blaming yourself or trying to get rid of it or fix it or change it but more understanding. And so the understanding is really the key piece of our practice. This style of practice that Saito Uteshan teaches is one flavor of mindfulness practice. And it is... uh, It's not... um, the only way we can practice mindfulness and it may not be for you the best way to practice mindfulness. I'm offering it because I found it to be extremely helpful for me in terms of learning about new aspects of my mind, coming to new understanding uh, and also it supported me in um, letting go of so much of the striving and over-efforting that I had been doing in relationship to practice. So the style of practice that Saito Otegeniya teaches is what I will call um, a receptive awareness or an open awareness. Rather than choosing or directing the attention to some particular experience, like the breath, uh, we settle back and are curious about what's already happening, what's here, what's obvious in this moment. So we create a stance of receiving experience. And like we settle back and see what comes to us instead of what do I want to look at. So it's a it's a it's a shift of that of that exploration around directing the attention. Instead of choosing what we're paying attention to, we settle back and see kind of what's already being attended to. As we explore this more receptive practice we um, also get curious about how our minds are in relationship to what we're noticing. So there's the kind of the establishing of awareness with this receptive um, perspective, just receiving what's happening. And yet that's, that's not quite enough. We also need to be curious about how we are in relationship to what is happening. Because often, how we are in relationship to what is happening is a little below the surface of our conscious awareness. And we um, may be kind of unwittingly um, reinforcing habits and patterns in our meditation from our lives. Like we might, we might have a habit of wanting to avoid certain, um, certain things or feeling like certain states of mind are bad or wrong or not part of what we should be noticing. So we may have a habit of kind of a, an aversive attitude or we may have a habit of a, of a greedy attitude of wanting to find pleasant things. And if we're not aware of those habits of mind, they may guide or they may be kind of in charge of our meditation. So we explore from time to time the relationship to what's happening. As we explore the relationship to what's happening, we begin to get curious about the mind. And this is the mindfulness of mind piece of the practice, really, that we are curious. The, the establishing of mindfulness, we're kind of noticing the full field of human experience, body, mind, physical, mental and then in checking the attitude, we're orienting more towards being aware of the mind. How am I in relationship to what is happening? It's, it's helpful to be um, exploring this how am I or how the mind is because essentially, you know, the mind is what drives our experience. The mind is what uh, motivates us. There's a famous quote in the Dhammapada. All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a corrupted mind and suffering follows like the wagon wheel follows the hoof of the ox. All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a pure mind and happiness follows like a never departing shadow, and so the uh, the understanding that essentially everything we experience, everything we experience, is essentially our mind's work. We don't see without our mind. We don't hear without our mind. It takes that connection or that you know attention, which is a, a factor of mind. It takes it takes that. Um, aspect of consciousness that we know things. A sight hits our eyes, but if there's not a consciousness, if there's not a mental connection with it, we're not going to see. So the, uh, the mind is essentially the kind of mediator of our experience. And, if, and that, that mediation can have filters on it. Those, that's kind of the attitude. And so when we have filters on uh, our um, how we're seeing the world, it influences how we navigate the world. And so this practice begins to educate us in the, the mind and those filters and helps us begin to have um, a curiosity about those filters that kind of obscure experience and lead us towards suffering. And curiosity about those filters or the the states of mind that help us to move in the direction of freedom. Of non-suffering. And so the, the, the key elements of this practice are a receptive awareness and a checking of the relationship to what we know from time to time. In this exploration of a receptive practice, it can be different for us. If you're used to directing the attention, if you're used to uh, picking an experience to pay attention to, it can be a little uncomfortable to let go of that. It's like a tether. It's like a tether to the present moment, almost, that I'm paying attention to the breath. I know I'm paying attention to the present moment because I'm paying attention to the breath. And so it can be a little uncomfortable to let go of that and just settle back into receiving experience. And so the very first thing that's helpful to do is to explore relaxation. Relaxation of body, relaxation of mind. I'll emphasize this a lot through the day. I found it to be one of the most um, supportive tools for my meditation. And as I... um, learned about this style and really began to incorporate relaxation into my meditation through this style, I began to see that relaxation can be applied to any meditation style and that I had a misunderstanding about how to make effort in the other practices, the other forms of meditation that I had learned. And they didn't need that tight quality of mind. And so relaxation is a very supportive ground for us, whatever meditation practice we do. And so I like to begin the meditation with an exploration of relaxing the body, relaxing the mind. And as we do that, we begin to recognize that as the body relaxes, the mind becomes a little more relaxed because there's a very tight interrelationship between mind and body. When the mind is tight, intense, and agitated, it creates tension and agitation in the body. If the body is uncomfortable or tense, then it can create tension in the mind. And so as we relax the body, some of the mental tension can sometimes relax. And as we relax the mind, some of the bodily tension can relax. Mental tension often expresses through being caught in thoughts of past or future. And so also as we relax the mind, we naturally kind of land in the present moment. We just become aware. There's a very natural awareness that can arise as we relax the mind and the body. And so, this is uh, this is the first thing that we'll explore: is relaxation. And then, in terms of the meditation itself, um, you know, the Buddha taught the meditation, or in, in the Eightfold Path, he he explored um, three components that are really the components of the Eightfold Path that relate to the meditation t- technology. And that is a wise effort, wise mindfulness, and wise concentration. And all of these factors come into play in every meditation technique. And so I'd like to describe how these factors come into play in this style. So mindfulness first. As I said, we're practicing a receptive awareness instead of a directed attention. And this is a piece that's um, helpful to begin to recognize, at least when I first started uh, the meditation, I thought that mindfulness meant choosing an object to pay attention to. I thought that I was only mindful when I picked the breath or picked you know picked something to pay attention to. Like the instructions were, "Pay attention to the breath if." If you you feel the attention pulled to something, let go of the breath and turn the attention to that other experience. And so there was a kind of a consciousness about what we were directing the attention to. And I thought that in order to be mindful, I had to be choosing the object. I had to be choosing the experience. I'll use the words object and experience kind of to uh, mean the same thing in this day. And so it's useful to begin to recognize that mindfulness is a separate factor of mind than attention. Mindfulness we could describe as just being aware, knowing what's happening in the present moment while it's happening. Just knowing. What's here? What's obvious? Directing the attention is the function of mind that picks something out of the environment to attend to. So they're separate features or separate functions of our mind. And we can begin to see that they are not the same as we, um, you know, uh, just reflect on the way we go through our day. You know, if we, if we um, think about driving here, for instance, were you mindful the entire time you drove here? Probably not. And yet, the mind was paying attention. Some part of the mind was paying attention to the road so that you got here safely, So it's not necessary. Attention does not always bring mindfulness with it. So we can see they're separate in that way. And then we can also be curious about, is it possible to be mindful without being involved with picking what to pay attention to? And that is also possible. We can kind of settle back just right now. What's most obvious in your experience? Where is the attention naturally? Maybe it's seeing because you're looking at me or maybe it's hearing because you're hearing my voice or maybe it's something in the body. What's obvious in this moment? Not choosing it, it's, it's the stance of what's coming to you? It's like settle back and see what what, what is most obvious? What is the mind already paying attention to? There is a attention happening but not necessarily chosen by Uh, By me. Not by my conscious. Trying to choose it. In some ways this factor of attention. We can. I think it's. uh, Explore that it's kind of like the way. um, The breathing works. You know we can consciously choose to. Breathe in. And breathe out. We can be involved in the breathing process. And direct the breathing process. But if we're not directing the breathing process, the breathing process goes on. We do not have to be involved with breathing. And very similarly, with attention, we can be involved in choosing what to pay attention to. But if we don't do that, we can settle back and attention will pick up on something. And this is what we're exploring here in this style. Can we begin to receive what we are aware of. Along with this receptive awareness, uh, this quality of settling back and receiving, is a kind of an interest or curiosity in what it means to actually be mindful, what it means to be aware. Knowing that we are aware. Right now, do you know that you're aware? You probably do. If you're, if you're paying attention to what I'm saying and you heard that question, the answer is probably yes, you know that you're aware. Now, don't think too hard about what it means or how you know that you're aware because it can be a very, um, almost nebulous experience. If you try to look at it directly, it almost like you know goes away. But there can get to be a familiarity for us of understanding that experience of knowing that we're aware. That's also a piece of this practice. We ground, essentially, in knowing that we're aware. This is where the stability of attention comes from in this practice, and stability of attention is that piece of the eightfold path wise concentration in uh, in our usual practice, we are often or in a a very familiar practice that we often explore here at the center, the the mindfulness of breathing, we're directing the attention to the breath and stabilizing the attention on that experience. And that's kind of what helps us to know, yes, I'm, I'm remembering to be mindful moment to moment. In this practice, we lose that reference point of some particular experience. And so what our reference point becomes is am I aware? Do I know that I'm aware? Sometimes we can answer yes to that question, but not necessarily um, know what it is that we're aware of. And that's okay. If if there's nothing obvious that's being received in in awareness, just settle back and, yep, but I know that I'm aware. I know that I'm aware. And then at some point in that Field, there'll be some obvious thing. A door will close. and be like, oh, that's what's obvious in this moment. Or a strong sensation will arise in the body. And that's what's obvious in this moment. So we kind of settle back into the knowing that we're aware. And that's our reference point. Am I aware? Am I aware? And what is being received in that awareness? As we explore this receptive style of awareness... You know, what What begins to happen is that we start to see that there's a lot going on in that awareness that we didn't actually know was happening before. In the directing of the attention to something like the breath, we know what we're looking at. You know, we, we're familiar with it. We, we can kind of remember, yes, this is what an in-breath feels like. This is what an out-breath feels like. As we let go of directing the attention, sometimes what happens is that we land or get um, what what the attention is contacting is something that's unfamiliar to us. And so this practice begins to expand the field of things that we uh, can become aware of. Not just the things we already know, but things that we may not be familiar with. And a lot of the things we're not familiar with are places where the mind can um, pick up on that thing and get lost in thought. It's like, th- that's often the way the mind wanders is that the mind kind of shifts to something that we're not so conscious of and then we start thinking about it or, or going out in that, in that direction. So receiving experience, And being curious, am I aware? That the awareness itself becomes our reference point for being present. The mind will wander, of course. It will get lost in thought. And um, it's often helpful as the mind gets lost in thought to come back to you what, actually what happens, the mind is lost in thought. There's nothing, no instructions at that point. You know, there's nothing I can tell you to do when the mind is lost because there's not mindfulness to apply anything. And so the moment that mindfulness returns, that moment we can start to uh, be curious again. And the first thing that I like to suggest you explore in the moment that mindfulness returns is awareness is back. I'm aware again. That, that curiosity of, oh, this is what it's like to be aware. In the, in the moment, the contrast between mindfulness being gone and the mindfulness returning, there can be a little more um, awareness or familiarity with what it actually means to be aware. Because there's a difference. There's a kind of a, a recollection almost of what it was like before we were um, back. And there can be a little bit of a, oh, this is what, this is what awareness is. It's like the light coming on. There's a, a sense of the kind of um, clarity or presence or just being here that becomes clear in that moment. So when the mind returns from wandering, first thing, oh, awareness is back. And then in that moment, often helpful to Relax. If, uh, if you notice particularly that there's tension that has arisen while the mind is wandering, which can well happen, really helpful to just start with relaxation again. Relax the body, relax the mind, and then again explore what's obvious coming into that receptive stance. What's obvious? What's obvious? So, in terms of mindfulness, uh, it's, it's very simple this practice. Am I aware? And what am I aware of? And then, so I've talked a little bit about mindfulness and a little bit about concentration. That concentration in this practice is basically that the mindfulness stabilizing. It's not about, it's, it feels different than that focused kind of concentration that we get with staying with Some particular experience. But there is a stability of mind. Basically, concentration is that state where the mind stays present and doesn't get pulled by uh, the hindrances, doesn't get pulled into thoughts of past or future. It stays present. That simplicity of just staying present is a form of concentration. In the texts, it's called moment-to-moment concentration. We're aware moment to moment of what's happening and we're not getting lost. So that's, that's the form of concentration. In terms of effort, one thing that um, I think is uh, a big piece of why we struggle in our meditation practice is because we often over-effort. We try too hard. We try to stay connected. It's like we sit down at the beginning of a sitting and think, I'm going to stay present for the entire 40-minute sitting. I'm going to stay here. And it's almost like we try to pick up the entire 40 minutes right at the beginning of that sitting. And that's just not possible. All that we can really do is be mindful in this moment. Mindful for a second. Right now, Are you aware of the sensation of your hands? Are you aware of the sensation of your hips touching the chair or cushion or bench? Are you aware of your feet? How hard is it in those moments when I mention those things, how hard is it to be aware of them? Usually it's not so hard. In a moment, the effort it takes to be present for some experience it's the lightest little bit of effort. And what we mistake is that we think we need to add effort to that moment. Or it's kind of like we, we think about it like we're going to the gym. I need to pick up something heavy, so I need to really engage things. But what we're doing here in mindfulness practice is picking something up really light, moment after moment after moment after moment. So we just have to keep connecting with that light touch of effort moment after moment after moment. And so this is where uh, you know, we, have to, we have to learn a relationship to that effort. It's like, in this moment, can you be aware of the sensations of your hands? And in this moment, the sensation of your hips. In this moment, the sensation of your lips touching. So moment after moment, just that light touch connect with experience, know it, and then do it again, and again, and again, and again. It's just that light touch, moment after moment after moment. Those of you who have sat this kind of day long with me before are familiar with the scooter analogy that I use, and those of you who haven't, I'll offer it to you now. Um, uh, This kind of light touch of effort is kind of like the... uh, those, those, those Razor scooters that, that kids ride, that it's not a motor scooter. It's a, one that you just kick with your foot on the ground, and there's those two wheels, and you balance on the, the platform that's close to the ground. So when you start, you just tap the ground lightly. Just tap, tap, tap. And that builds a momentum to get the movement going. And then you can ride that scooter for a little ways. You could, at the beginning, try to do one major big push, a hard push, but often that's going to send you kind of off in a kind of unstable direction. And so that really light touch, tap, 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 creates a momentum that stabilizes the movement. And it's very similar in our uh, effort with mindfulness practice. A light touch of effort, just tap, 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 moment after moment, begins to stabilize that awareness in the present moment. And then because we're exploring what it means to be mindful, we're beginning to get familiar with what it means to have that kind of momentum of the scooter. Like we, we make this light touch of effort moment after moment. And after some time, maybe we don't need to tap as frequently because the momentum of mindfulness is going we get familiar with what it feels like to ride a wave of awareness or mindfulness. Like riding that scooter. On the scooter, as you feel the scooter start to get wobbly, you know you need to tap again. And likewise, as you're riding that wave of mindfulness, it it has a life, it has a momentum, and it will kind of diminish over time. And then you learn how frequently do you need to remind yourself That light touch, a moment of connection. How long does that wave last? Another moment of connection. How long does that wave last? A light touch, moment after moment. This is the effort that we make in our practice. We remind ourselves to be aware. We can do this through... This is optional. You don't have to use these questions. But it can be a kind of an orientation that helps us kind of connect to this light touch. Just like, am I aware? In a moment. Just ask yourself that question. Am I aware? Feel into that. What am I aware of? Seeing if you can notice what's being received. Am I aware? What am I aware of? The, the questions aren't meant to be thought about. They're just a kind of a helping to connect you with both awareness, the experience of being aware, and the recognizing what awareness is aware of. So that light, you know, question in the mind could be a way to explore that light touch of that tapping. Some people find the questions just to be too much and they can just know that they're aware and what they're aware of and just kind of be in that flow of experience, changing experience, and that's fine. You don't have to use the questions, but if you find that you're getting a little lost, um... You might use the questions. And then there's the checking of our relationship with experience. The first thing we really need to do is begin to establish mindfulness. Establish this place where we know that we're aware and we're receiving in this. You know, it's like we're settled back and just receiving the flow of being human. So that's our first place of of work is just that light touch of effort to establish that mindfulness, which is a form of concentration, that stability of mindfulness. And as the mindfulness stabilizes, we begin to get curious about how we are in relationship to what's happening. And we can um, explore the checking of that relationship with another question. How am I with this experience? Or what's the attitude What's what's uh, what's my relationship to this experience? It may be um, there's four basic flavors of attitude, and I'll talk more about attitude um, a little bit later in the morning to to ex- expand on this because it's a really important aspect of this practice. Four basic flavors of attitude. Um, Wanting something to happen, a kind of a greed. Wanting something to not be happening, a kind of an aversion. A being confused, disconnected from experience or seeing experience through a belief or an opinion or an agenda. A kind of a delusion. And then the fourth kind of attitude is balance of mind. Okayness with what's happening. And so we can just kind of check in. How am I with what's happening? Do I want something to happen? Want something to stop happening? Is there confusion or is it okay? Are things okay? And again, as I said earlier, this helps us to recognize what the mind is doing in relationship to experience, which is essentially what the Buddha taught. This: What the mind is doing in relationship to experience is what's driving us in the direction either towards struggle, stress, suffering, or in the direction of ease, peace, or happiness. So this checking of the attitude is an important piece of our practice.